0: Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy. Let us find grace. Let it help us because we have a time of need right now. We always need you, Lord. We're so thankful, God, to you for everything that you are to us. And that you do for us, but more what you are, Lord, that we have that assurance that whatever the need is, we call on you and you meet that need speedily. We thank you for it. We bless you for it. In Jesus name. Amen. And praise God. So we're going to continue talking about uh, spoiling the strong man. Amen. And, uh, the strong man we are talking about is the strong man of Pharaoh. We, uh, know from our study in our prayer manual that, uh, the three entities of Pharaoh, Ahab, and Jezebel we refer to as the unholy trinity and they rule in the third heaven. This was something God revealed to us. Not through some kind of vision, but from the Word. You know, you follow these entities in the Word and you find out who's responsible for what. It's real important that you address the right demon for the right thing. Other than that, you go chasing things that aren't right. And so divine revelation targets the right entity so that you focus your, your, uh, prayer and you focus the Word in the right direction. You're not Doing some kind of shotgun warfare, scatter shots, trying to, trying to hit something, but you know what you're dealing with. And, and once you understand their strategies, then you have a, a, a counter strategy to come against them. But you, but the important thing is identifying the right spiritual, uh, entity, the right demon, knowing how it moves, knowing how it operates, so that when you nail it down, you get the right thing. You're not calling it one thing and, and this thing is doing something else. They don't have to answer to another devil's name. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, they answer to their own names because they know they've been properly identified. And so that's the biggest part of the strategy is, is getting your identification down, Pat, and being relentless in your pursuit of, of blocking their strategy, standing against it, Uh, praying against it, binding it, uh, commanding it to go away, commanding it to loose what it's, it's holding on to, and prophesying to it, you know, making known to principalities and powers and manifold wisdom of God. And so, in, in order for it to be effective, you've got to live clean. You know you can't be one of these grudge holding people. you can't be one of these people that uh you know is in sin most of the time didn't want to run into church and act like you, you you've been faithful to God. You know you've got to live right uh that's that's the least you can do for Jesus. Look at what he did for you. You understand what I'm saying. I don't care if you're the most unpopular person you know. Stay at home, stay in your word. It's good for you. Get to know the Lord. Get to know who he is so that he can raise you up into somebody that that he's Proud of somebody that he can use, somebody that he can say, "This one I I shed my blood for, and it's been well worth it," because she works for me and she lives for me, and I'm everything to her. Amen. And so let's let's just just understand that that's a must do. You you got to live for God in order to do something for Him. This isn't for casual people. You know, you want to be casual? Go get a part time job or something. That's, a, that's what casual commit is a part-time job this is full-time this is your life this is a you know this is what he saved you for so that you can work for him we're not saved to just sit around and wait to go to heaven to do what we want to do in the meantime i know you lot of know a lot of people that do that but that's not what you're called to do amen You called to live different live for him and make your life count. So this is how you make your life count is by undertaking a life of prayer, undertaking a life of obedience to God and uh and and let God use you. Let him teach you some things, show you some things. Uh it's a good knowledge to have, you know, when things go go uh you know, trouble comes to your doorstep, you don't panic. You've got some in you that knows God's going to come for you. You just got to find the right words to pray. You know, uh pick up the right weapon to use against the enemy and uh, and and it 'll work out for you it 's worth it amen it 's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful life we have in God where all you got to do is sit back and shoot the word at the devil, and he 's got to obey your words and that 's a great thing, amen, so we hold on to that and and we we cherish that because that 's very, very precious, so we talked about um, uh, the gathering demoniac, and, and that being a New Testament example. You now, when we when we study warfare in the ministry, most of our information came through the Old Testament, because that's where all the war against God's people takes place. So people say, we New Testament Christians, well, why did God preserve the Old Testament for us? You know, they'll, they'll criticize you. Oh, you live too much in the Old Testament. No, that's where my help is right now. I don't know what, why you need something different, but you do you and let me do me. Amen. But you, you found all, that's where we found all the demons that were responsible for all the trouble that we were seeing and how to strategize against them. But God also has to bring it into reality into the New Testament. So the story of the Gadarene demoniac is a good example of binding the strong man. And our understanding of strategy against the strong man really comes from Jesus teaching the uh, the actually the Pharisees when they said he was casting out devils by the prince of the devils. You know, and he said, hey, you know, a house divided won't stand. He said, "And that's just real stupid for the devil to cast out the devil. If he keeps doing that, he'll destroy himself. And he said, um, uh, uh, how can you raid a strong man's house if you don't first bind him? And he talked about the fact that he was able to cast devils out of people because he took authority over the strong man that was that was uh, commanding these spirits to obey him. So Jesus came and he said, somebody stronger than the strong man has to come and bind him. If you tie him up, then you can take everything he's got. You see, you can spoil his house. You take everything. So Jesus was the one stronger than the strong man. And you notice he didn't play with the devil. He didn't sit there and try to entertain himself, nor did he let his disciples get in the flesh and think they were somebody important because the devils obeyed them. He kept it in the right perspective. And I think that's where the error with many people who want to, Wield authority over the enemy. That's where they run into trouble. They get in the flesh. They get excited. They get to playing with devils. What's your name? And, and you know, and getting barf bags and and making a big production of everything. And I just think it's not wise. In, in many instances, it's not wise to give that much attention to, to a spirit that's trying to get attention to begin with. You know, if you ignore the devil, pretty much he's got no hold on you. You you don't have to pay any attention to any of his words. Just tell him to leave you alone, amen, and get out of your life or whatever command, but give a firm command of authority. And and get them out of what they're what they're doing. If it's a infirm devil trying to make your children straight, uh sick you you lay hands on them and command that thing to let them go in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, Whatever the the situation is, you you take authority, firm authority, and let it go. You don't sit up there and think about it forever. Ooh, that that was cool, and I enjoyed that. No, you didn't. You're just doing your job. And if you do your job, you realize your job is not to play with the devil. Amen? After you've taken authority over that's a little sadistic to me. If you think about it, that's just kind of crazy. And so if you have authority over something, you just take your authority and you expect that thing to leave. That's what you do. And you can only do that if you stay in the spirit. If you get in the flesh and get happy, that thing will come right back again. Because it will know you're playing with it. So leave that stuff alone. Amen. And you do these things by unction. God will give you an unction to take authority. You don't just take
1: it because you want to show the devil who's boss. So anyway,
0: Jesus said, if you spoil, if you bind the strong man, you can take everything he's got. You spoil his house. So he said, in other words, I can cast out these demons that are causing this little boy to have seizures. I can cast that thing out because I'm stronger than the strong man. That's what the Bible says when it says, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. The greater one lives in you. The Holy Ghost is greater amen so you got to live live in that understanding amen and and not not try to go bluffing the devil and try to act like you all big and bad but you can't walk in fear amen god is your protector and he will give you a strategy for how to combat the enemy and so our strategy is our prayer manual and we've had that over 35 years we've got some excellent testimonies how god's moved through those prayers and and effected change in our cities, in our schools, our families, everywhere these prayers are prayed, uh, we've been able to see change. Why? Because we pray the word. And it's aimed at the right spiritual forces, praise God. God gave us that. And so that's that's all we're doing here. We're reiterating these things. The other thing you've got to understand is that you can't be afraid. You have to renounce fear of the enemy when you go into warfare, so you you can't. Uh, say for instance, you can't, uh, be, be a person that's, uh, uh, as a woman, you're always bossing men around and try to bind Jezebel. You gotta get her out of your life first and get her out of your head. And so I remember when we did the first Let My People Go, Conferences, we renounced all of that stuff before we went into warfare against it and it makes a big difference. You get in front of God and you say, God, I don't want this thing operating in my life. I renounce this power and I'm asking you to cleanse me of it and, and I won't pick that up as a weapon anymore and I'm going to use your Holy Spirit and that's how I'm going to do warfare from here on in and just allow yourself to get free from, from any, um, any uh soulish influence any demonic influence anything soulish that can work its way into demonic and and allow yourself to to stay free of of these entities that would try and interfere with your warfare the bible says that that we um we can, can challenge all disobedience or cast down disobedience once your obedience is fulfilled. So you gotta fulfill your obedience to, to, uh, renounce different influences in your life and then you can go after that devil. You, if you're serving him, you can't go after him. Amen? So you gotta get free yourself and then then you can go after the enemy so it's 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 a good way to live and that's what i mean by living for god and living clean stay free of all these demonic influences so here we have um uh in i think i'll go to luke chapter 8 again where we were before um where we uh uh were able to look and see uh, what Jesus did when he he took down the strong man of Gadara and we said uh, from our our handout we know that he was a strong man over 10 different cities and this is one reason that he he approached Jesus, it didn't say Jesus picked on him, was looking for him, did anything. In fact, whenever Jesus cast out a devil, it's usually because they approached him. Now, when, when it was a, a, a demon possessing a child, it was usually the parents that would come to him and say, could you help me? Could you get my child demon free can you cast the devil out of my child amen and so when we look at that we need to know that he was either invited into that arena or that strong man approached him and confronted him and this is what happens many times when apostles and prophets Go into territories. They will be approached by the strong man. You you can't rest. Them strong men can't rest until they do something that ticks you off to see if they can get you started. Amen. And so you have to hold your peace and let God uh, show you how to move and when to move. Amen. It's not always time to cast the devil out. It's, It's just not. Even though they are gaining territory, they're doing things or or they're abiding somewhere they shouldn't abide. Uh, I shared the story about the church that we, you know, when we uh, go to different cities to have our meetings, that's prophetic and apostolic anointing has to do that for you. You just can't jump up and go somewhere and say you're going to have a meeting. You're going to have the right anointing to do that kind of work, amen? And so we've always had road meetings because God's anointed us to do that. So if he wants you to go somewhere, you go there, but you got to have an anointing that will get you in there and, and get you successful at what you do. And so we went to that church in Sandusky is where we had our last empowerment meetings. Uh, the pastor told us, she was very proud of it, that she was an L- LGBT. Q affirming pastor, which means gay people ran through there and it wasn't really a Christian church anymore. And so at the last minute, God told me, he said, well, just go. You know, go by faith. And, you know, you go there and there. You know, we were there on a Saturday. They weren't even there when we were there. But they would leave their literature around. And, we, you know, you get mad at it and turn it face down or hide it somewhere or something. And, and then I thought to myself, you know what, Lord? I said, I'm not going to let this just bug me, irritate me. I said, I'm going to hold my peace on this. And whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. And we were there a couple of years. And then one Saturday, God said, I want my church back. Amen. So I want it back. And But you move when he says, and see, we could have gone in there like gangbusters and said, we just going to take this back for the Lord. They they ain't got no right with this. Grow up. You know, you have nothing to to meet the power of darkness unless God is telling you to do it. Amen? And I didn't let it bug me. You know, they had another group there during the week that you know, looked at crystals. I mean, this lady had all kinds of, it was a woman pastor. She had all kind of groups of people running through their demonic stuff and all that. We just moved a crystal table over and do our prayers and keep it moving. You understand what I'm the greater one lives in you. You don't get upset about stuff and talk about how bad it is. You know, you wait for unction, you know. And if unction don't come, you lead in people right down there. You understand what I'm saying? And so I knew God was, the God knew COVID was going to come. And he wanted us to get that church back, I guess, before it got shut down, period, or whatever, for COVID. And, and we went and, you know... Prayed around there. We read for seven days and prayed around that church and broke the devil's power and evicted him. And and two months later, a for sale sign was in front of the church. You understand what I'm saying? You do things by unction. You know, if it ain't bugging God, it ain't bugging me. I'm going to get upset about people that don't know their left hand from their right hand. That's what he told Jonah, you know. Jonah got all headstrong because he was a prophet. He wanted to see God kill all them people in Nineveh, and then people repented. He was mad, you know. And God said, "No, these people don't know they right hand from they left." He said they're in darkness. Now you wanna, you think I'm gonna condemn all them people? I'm gonna give them a chance to turn around. Amen. And so you just have to understand God's heart. Let him call the shots. You know, I don't want to run the church. I don't want to run nothing down here. Just my little corner and I'm satisfied. Amen. And so these are the things that God will have you do. You know, these are strategies that he will give you for how to get the victory. And how to do what he tells you. How to take for him. We're occupying on his behalf. We occupy until he comes. If he don't tell you to occupy something, just leave it alone. Amen. This, this ain't your, your show, yours for the picking. And so here we have Jesus after he cast the devil out of this guy that we know they went into the swine, choked them. They swine ran into the, the deep anyway. They asked Jesus not to put us in the deep. And he said, okay. And they said, let's go in the swine. He said, okay, let them go in there. And then they got drowned. Amen. But, but. Devils don't like to lose territory. I think I mentioned that. I think they, they go on some kind of punishment. You know how the devil is. He likes, he's mean. And so he's, his people try to cling to what they have because they don't want to face the consequences of losing. And losing ground to, to the kingdom. This is a kingdom against kingdom fight. Amen. So they don't want to lose ground. And so when, when these demons had to leave, they come out of, of the, the legion. And really, these are regional demons. Amen. Because he controls a region of ten cities. Which means that there's enough demons there to, to run ten cities and keep that idol worship going that they did. Uh They had animal sacrifice, human sacrifice. They had all kinds of wickedness going on in these cities. And this is how demons get loose, through their own sacrifice system. Amen? And so Jesus, when that guy challenged him,
1: it was on.
0: Amen? You see, Jesus did not challenge him to confront him or anything. He went up to the Lord and pick the fight. Amen. And so when he saw he was losing, he was losing. Now, I'm sure there are many people that that probably were anointed to some degree that this demon could take out. He just convinced them that he's more powerful. That's what they do. They talk you into stupid. Amen. If you listen, you crazy enough to listen to the devil talk, he will talk you over into stupid. Amen. Because people seem to think it's intelligent to talk to demons. I don't know why, but they don't ever have much to say that's, that's beneficial to us. And you don't get your information from them, you get it from God. Amen. When, when Jesus asked the man what his name was, he wasn't talking to the devil, he was talking to the man. He was so demon possessed, he never spoke up. The man didn't get a chance to talk. These demons talked out of him. Amen. So Jesus didn't need him to tell him how many demons he had. He knew that already. Amen. And so we can know it too by the the word of knowledge of the Holy Ghost. And so here, here he casts the demons out. They go choking down the hill. And it says here, uh, Verse 34, we're in Luke chapter 8, verse 34. When they that fed them saw what was done, they ran and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out, uh, when they went out to, what do I have here? Oh yeah, to see, my page is torn. What was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his
1: right mind, and they were afraid. Why? Why were they afraid? Because demons know who's next. See, if they got demons living in them. These people do.
0: And they see the strong man is clean. And they get nervous for what's going to happen to them. Not the people, the demons. And so the demons are afraid that they're next to be cast out. Amen? And so they ask Jesus to depart. They ask him to leave. It says they also which saw, um, they were afraid in verse 36, they also which saw it told them by what means he that was possessed of the devil was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country around the gatherings round about besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear, and he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now the man out of whom the demons were departed begged Jesus to take him with him. Why? He's clean now. He's normal. He's in his right mind. He never been like this before. But he knows there's demons everywhere. You got me? So here's a clean man. And he can perceive. He knows what happened to him. He knows those devils that, that used to inhabit him left him. But he knows the condition of everybody else that's still there in that country. Amen? So he wants to go with Jesus. Why? He's clean He loves Jesus. He thinks, boy, this is what's going to, I want to go, I want to follow this man. Amen. I want more of what he has. So he's a normal thinking person now. And he said he besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, go to your own house. Show how great things God has done to you. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done for him. Now, if you go over to Mark chapter 5, that's the other account of this story. It says here in, in 5.18, and when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him or begged him that he might be with him. Same thing it said in Luke, Luke 8. However, Jesus
1: allowed him not but said to him, go home to your friends. Go home to your friends and preach the gospel and tell them how great things the
0: Lord has done for you. How he had compassion on you. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis ten cities. How great things Jesus said. So this was the first evangelist of the Greek cities of Decapolis. The gathering demoniac man was. Remember when Jesus said, when, when a strong man leaves, his house is clean, garnished, and swept. And if it's just left that way, he will he'll go into dry places and try to get back where he came from, so the strong man has to go around now and fill these people up with the glory of God. He has to tell them the good news, and he tells them, "Listen, this man casts these demons out of me, and if you'll repent, the demons will leave you too. He's doing the same thing for you through my words, so when you start to preach that fills them up now with the word of God, the power of God, and they can be held as disciples. So right now, Jesus has disciples in 10 cities where he just, and you know, the strong man was always afraid he's going to lose all of his power. He lost it, and not only lost it, but helped to to get those people converted. Jesus will make the devil preach for him if he needs to. You understand what I'm saying? He's, the, he's no match for him. And so this is the first conversion. In fact, the ten cities were Christian strongholds. After, after Jesus was, was raised from the dead, they, the disciples went back and began to preach in those cities. And they were really Christian strongholds until the, the, uh, uh fall of Rome and, and, you know, all that chaos that took place. Uh, I guess around 300 A.D., 300 years. But look how long people were believers in that area. Amen. And so they were known to be uh, believer strongholds uh, throughout the time after Jesus uh, left the earth. You know, through the Book of Acts and and through the rest of the founding of the uh, church, the early church. So they were a part of the early church when it was founded. So you can see this man's conversion made a huge difference. If you can dethrone a strong man and and get him out of power, you can raid his house. And you get ten cities of converts. You can there's no limit to how far your prayers will go if you'll continue to pray for God and, and, and take authority and do what he tells you to do. And so it, it, it these things have great impact. You know, a lot of times people don't believe that much in prayer because they look at how long it takes them to get something that they need. Well, while you're praying for your stuff, why don't you pray for something God wants to have done? Amen. You can always pray for other things. God, I'm, I'm here praying for mine and, and I want to make sure I pray for things that are that need to be done in my neighborhood, need to be done here. Need be, need, there's a lot of stuff to pray for. And so if if we'll do that and get a scripture from God, if you don't have a prayer man, you can get one of these anytime. But if you don't have one, get a a scripture from God that you can pray over your city. Everybody decreeing and declaring for a hot minute and they don't know how to stay with it. Amen. You know, don't be on the fad of things. You know, you just ride this fad while it's popular and then when it's not popular anymore you stop. You need to know how to take on an assignment from God for the long haul. You know, devil ain't going nowhere, you ain't either. So you might as well duke it out with him for the time that you're here. So anyway, so we're talking about fighting Pharaoh as a strong man and, and, uh, you, you need to understand if people can get the prayer manual, get it, please. You know, they've been eight dollars. I think if you just want to go back and revive that last, uh, special we had you can do that you pick them up inexpensively on the internet you know we run specials here and there but you know get yourself some grounding get yourself some weaponry get yourself something that's going to help you that you can rely on you can just open it up and start to to declare things and pray things and and uh allow God to give him something to work with give him his word back so that he can work with that and so um in the book of Exodus is where we
1: find Pharaoh and uh praise God I'm going to point out a few things here you know there were ten plagues that,
0: that God hit Egypt with. All of those were designed to show them God was more powerful than he was. And, and this is a challenge for different governments. You find communist governments, very controlling governments, they are not afraid of God. And the fear of the Lord has to be established in the hearts of men before they can move, uh, before God can really move and do some great things and get these these demons out of the way. Amen. And so anytime you have a, a dictatorship, uh, that's where Pharaoh rules. Anytime he starts to maneuver, doing his different movements and maneuvers, you can see he's setting it up. And see, people have taken America for granted because, you know, we say, oh, communism, that's no big thing. Listen, them people, the universities have indoctrinated at least two or three generations now to socialism and communism. So that's why we're fighting as hard as we are to keep churches open, to keep prayer in public places. Because that is typical of, of, uh, Pharaoh. He does not want you to worship God. He don't want you to pray. He, he wants you to serve him, bow down to him. And so when you see this, this edging and edging, and it's been edging for decades now, it started out, I'll tell you where it started out. You know, Pharaoh, when he, he gets involved, not only the plagues are are evident but and you've got to understand this folks you live in goshen you understand me don't get nervous about bad weather don't get nervous about because if you if you are a psalm 91 christian how do, how will you make yourself a psalm 91 christian i will say of the lord he is my refuge god you're my refuge you're my fortress you need to say it And say it regularly. You're my fortress and my refuge. Amen. And you I trust. I'm under the shadow. I'm under your feathers. I'm under the shadow of the Almighty. You satisfy me with long life and and good health and things go well for me. I won't suffer loss, lack, or fear or anything. No pestilence, no disease, no outbreak. you got to learn how to stand on that, folks. See, it's easy when there's no outbreak. A little tougher when the demon starts knocking at your door. Amen. You're going to learn to stand on the word and the word alone. And You know, we always, well, there's
1: nothing wrong with medicine if you refuse the word and take that. Let's we'll say it again. If you refuse the word, take the medicine. You got to hold on to the word. Let the medicine help you if you need to, but don't, don't say you
0: found something better or turn, turn a deaf ear like the word don't work. You've got to start putting it to work at some point in your life. And everybody likes the word when you need to buy something and look nice. But when it comes to need to be healthy, we don't like it so much. It's too hard. So you didn't say that when you was wanting a new car, when you wanted to to a new house or you know some new clothes more food you weren't saying that then you was all in so get all in again god's no respecter persons his word will work on your body it works on everything in fact you're being healed right now whether you know it or not just stay under the word amen Pastor Shirley, now we're kind of smiling, I found a lady. She reads Lillian Yeoman's stories out of her book. She said, God told me to have a midnight story hour for people who need to go to bed with healing scriptures <laughs> she's just a funny little lady she's cute as anything and she sings a little song and she got her little youtube channel going i say you go girl because lily and that's that's my girl right there you know you like her because she's got some strong testimonies amen she's strong in the lord and so you know people are are reaching out everywhere trying to help us That's all it is, help for you to to get strong in the things of God. Don't ever resent having to stand on the Word. Don't be like that. Amen. It's not too hard for you. You stand on the Word to get up in the morning. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? I don't know about you, but I'm deep in the Word to get my feet on the floor every morning. Make sure you can feel them. They ain't going numb on you, nothing like that. You know, a lot of benefits of standing on the word of God. (laughs) So praise God. But let's let's drop this attitude about, you know, getting offended every time somebody tries to take your goodies away from you. (laughs) I'm offended every time I look and see I got 10 more, 20 more, 30 more pounds to lose, you know. But I'm working on it. How long have I been saying that? Don't quit working on it, okay? Hey, Amen. It's good for you. You could you start getting some victories in the Word where your health is concerned, and that that makes all the difference to you. There's a confidence that comes in you that you say, I've finally overcome this thing. Amen? That's all God wants. He wants us to have that overcoming. But you got to keep putting the word in. You can't be, you know, lackadaisical on it. We all get that way. Some days stronger than other days, you know. But but develop a pattern of, of going to God and, and meditating. Keep the word in your, your mind at all times, and, and it's a help to you. It'll heal you. It will heal you. So anyway, the God leads his his people, um he wants to lead his people out of Egypt, but he can't do it in a bloody warfare. Now he could could have them do a little uprising against Pharaoh, a lot of different ways God would have people, but he these people are not gathered, they're scattered. And they're scattered in their, their thinking. They're scattered in their, uh, their obedience, so he has to pull them together under leadership. This is how God operates. He's not scattering people here, or there, and you go do your thing over here, and you, uh, the church, and you got this over. No, he does it over called leaders, fivefold leaders, amen? And so he wants, uh, people, his people to come out. He has a plan for them coming out. He tells Moses that what that plan is. He said, "I'm going to bring them out." He said, "And and as a sign that that I'm going to do this, you're going to meet me right back here on this mountain, and you're going to worship me here, and that's going to be your only sign." So so he has to have Moses live by faith, and confronting Pharaoh and all of the different plagues that God has uh, for for them to. To go through. And these plagues we say were, were there so that, uh, God could let Pharaoh know that he was more powerful than he was and he was using Moses to lead the people out. This was God's chosen leader over his people. So his, 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 uh, word to Moses was go tell Pharaoh God said let the people go so that they can serve and worship Him. Amen. Because when you're in darkness and when you're under pressure, number one, the Israelites could not make sacrifices in Egypt. It was an abomination to the Egyptians. So they would have incurred more trouble trying to have their uh worship and sacrifice. So God has to to make a plan for that you have to worship where he says worship you have to do it the way he says do it and because it's so it'll work he wants it to work for them so in exodus uh chapter eight let me see we want to go there i'm going to
1: see what's there this is uh let me see the swarm of
0: flies and i think this was number <laughs> oh jeez Three or four, wait a minute, one, the water turned to blood, the frogs, this was number four, the swarm of flies. Now, at, at plague number three, where the lice came into everything that, that people in Egypt had, um, they, the the magicians, Pharaoh's magicians, finally gave up trying to duplicate what Moses was doing. So their power worked the same. Up until a certain point. So God will let some, he will let the enemy think he's got power. Let him think he's a match for him. But at some point, God cuts that off. I like that point. Amen. We've been praying for a number of years that God would do that in this country. These people that are, are swarming in the schools and these people are uh, transvestites or bold enough to say we're coming for your kids well who do they think they are why because the devil's let them into schools already and parents had no idea what was going on you know why parents had no idea what was going on they're too busy working why do you think people working two jobs because pharaoh makes you live like that he won't give you a break what he wants to keep you too busy to worship god and you'll see you read these stories carefully you see his strategy his strategy is when when the women's movement started, it was to divide the family and there are a lot of Christians that knew this a lot of our leaders warned. You know, don't let, don't let, uh, the government start to split you up. Don't get dependent on two paychecks. Don't put your kids in daycare and think the daycare is going to teach them godly principles. They warned. They said the enemy is trying to destroy the family. And, and people resented being told that they couldn't do what everybody else was doing. Jim Dobson, he's still alive. Isn't he, James Dobson, still? Yeah. He focused on the family. That ministry started like in the 70s or something. I remember it from years ago, the 80s for sure. And he would always warn. He was a modern-day prophet. Amen. He warned. He said that the devil is trying to destroy the family. Move the dads out so there's no spiritual covering over the house. The kids run here, there, and everywhere. Uh, picking up guns, intimidating each other, and all this, all the stuff you see that's that's out of control. It starts with the breakdown of the family and normal family structure. Amen. Government will will take care of you. Have a baby out of wedlock. They didn't used to do that. All that, all this is this is Pharaoh stuff, folks. This is how he rolls. This is how he controls people to get you out from under God. Now you got to depend on the government, depend on him for everything. And that's the way he liked it. If you see what he did with Israel, he liked having them under his control. He liked having them depending on him. He liked having control over over everybody, including God's people. And he didn't like God's people because they had a a match for him. They had somebody they can go to. And he did not want to let them go so they can worship God. So what they started doing in the 70s, they started, remember the Sunday blue laws? There was no stores open. You couldn't go to a department store on Sunday. You couldn't go to a bar. They didn't serve liquor on Sundays. In 1973 in Ohio, that was repealed. That was during the women's lib thing. All of a sudden, we didn't, we, it was okay to work Sundays, you know, and where did most of the jobs that they were doing on Sundays the retail jobs, women were doing those. Amen? They come right out of the house and, and go right into these, uh, uh, jobs, you know, they were low paying wage jobs, uh, entry level jobs, just busy jobs. Amen? And, and keep that and break that down. Anything gets you out of there. Go work. You can't go to church because you gotta go to your job. Amen? And so this is how he rolls. He operates like this. You see that when we go through. I can't go through this whole book of Exodus for y'all. You go home and read some of this for yourself. But you'll see his movements and start looking at what we see today in our society start measuring it against the way what you see right now in our society and you'll see who's responsible for it and so he says in in uh chapter what we see in 8 verse 19 the magician said to pharaoh this is the finger of god and pharaoh's heart was hardened and he hearkened not unto them as the lord had said and so what the magicians wanted to do was let pharaoh see our power is limited we've run into god now this is this is god cuz we can't duplicate it amen so you can't get any more help from us and it says the lord said in the verse 20 the lord said to moses get up early in the morning stand before pharaoh he's coming out uh, forth to the water and say to him the lord said let my people go so they can serve me and if you won't let them go i'll send swarms of flies but in verse 22, he says this, and I will sever in that day the land of Goshen. That's for you and me, folks. We don't live in plagues. We don't live in, cause even back then in the natural, he had a, 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 a plot of land separated out where his people lived so that God can control their atmosphere. He can control their supplies. He control their comfort. Amen. And he says, in which my people dwell so that no swarms of flies will be there to the end that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. And I put a division between my people and your people. And tomorrow, this will be that sign. Amen. So everywhere in Egypt, there were swarms of flies. Guess what? Goshen, no flies. Amen. They were fly free over there. They had freedom there, they had everything they needed, they were comfortable. Amen. And it says here, and Pharaoh said in verse twenty five, Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Go
1: sacrifice to your God here where I can watch you. Amen. Amen. What do you think the government's doing? People say, Well, governments, you know, when when um the first time people Proposed, remember the Patriot Act? Somebody remembers it. Well, if you remember it,
0: amen, it's very important, folks. The Patriot Act gave the FBI, CIA, government law enforcement, permission to spy on American citizens for the first time. Because and they did it under the guise of... Oh, we're, we're afraid of Muslims. Remember, this was after 9-11. After 9-11, people were so afraid and confused, they did everything. And I remember there were like a couple of people, members of Congress that stood up and said, we should not do this. And they were shouted down, but that's just so unpatriotic, you know, to do this and do that. And, you know, they give it a name so that if you stand against it, you, you, you look bad. Amen, and so against the good good wisdom of some people who are smart enough to look down the road and see what compl- uh, problems it could be, now social media is a way for you to be followed. You're tracked everywhere, folks. Don't think you you are not. You're being tracked, surveilled, observed. They're keeping files on people, and they're not supposed to. You can't do it with American citizens without a warrant or, or, uh, what do they call it? Um, probable cause. You get a warrant to survey people. It's still illegal, but they do it anyway because it's so easy to do. By the time, uh, you know, if you get to jail or do something, they know so much about you. It's, it's really sad that we think that we have privacy anymore, but we really don't. And so this is Pharaoh. He wants to know every move you make. He wants to know everything you do. They want to, uh, develop social credit scores and they're doing it. You, you, you these, uh, com- companies that, that went overboard with the LGBTQ month, how'd they get a whole month? They just say we got a month. That's how you do things in this country anymore. You just take a month and, and run amok. Do what you want to do and make people look at you amen and so they they anheuser-busch went and got this transgender spokesperson and they've lost like 20 billion dollars every month since then they're that company's almost bankrupt they had the largest selling beer in in the world and now they're dropping like flies and and they're not getting that business back because they've they've really upset some people who don't like that kind of stuff being flaunted in their faces, they don't want to put up with it, and they don't have to. They're letting you know they don't have to. But companies have a score that the LGBT people give them, and if your score, if you wanna, you wanna stay in their good graces, you gotta have a score certain, certain level, and that's why these companies do it. And it's it's financial suicide. Shareholders are ticked off. Everybody's ticked off. These come you don't do what you want to do as a corporation. You got shareholders to answer to. And so this is this is how they ruin people. This is how Pharaoh ruins a society. He he has conflict all the time. You, you stay here, you do what I tell you to do, you can't go there. Amen. And so God tells him Tells that's the one thing Moses has to keep telling him over and over and over again. Let my people go so they can serve, serve them. Serve God. And if you don't let them go, this is what God does. So the next thing they do, is they break out in boils. After that is the plague of hail. Amen. Then over
1: in, uh, uh let me see. In nine twenty seven
0: you see Pharaoh, it looks like he's coming to his senses, right? This is another strategy of Pharaoh. He'll he'll say, Oh yeah, uh we're we're gonna um uh we're gonna fix that. You know, this is what politicians do. Uh, they say, "Oh oh, yeah, we see that's that's wrong. We're going to fix that just just vote for me another term when I get in there another term, then I'll fix that, and the next term comes, they never fix anything, and so they lie like Pharaoh did. He promised you everything, amen. He says here uh, Pharaoh in verse twenty seven Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said to them, I've sinned this time and your Lord is righteous and me and my pe- people are wicked. Pray for me. Just let me live a little bit longer. Amen. Entreat the Lord for me that there be no more mighty thunderings in hell and I'll let you go. So if you pray and give me, let me live, then I'll let you go. Amen. And he lies. He's not changed. He's, and he just keeps getting harder and harder and harder. Amen. So you'll find these appeals through people in power. You know, do this or do that or, you know, uh, I just need to raise so much more money so I can get on television more and we'll, we'll take this, this town. We'll take this and nothing ever changes. Amen. Never changes. That's Pharaoh governing. That's how he governs. Amen. So he continues to refuse. In chapter 10, in verse, the locusts are, are there now. In verse 7, and Pharaoh's servant said to him, How long is this, will you let this man be a snare to us? Now his people are getting sick of him. You got me? Let the men go. That they may serve the Lord their God. Don't you know yet that Egypt is destroyed? It's, it's like it is here now. We've got an extra 10 million people running loose in this country, destroying everything. If you think this is good, if you think this is going to work out, then I got another thought for you. Think about this. These people are illegal and our government's allowing it. Amen. So if Pharaoh ain't in charge, look at Europe right now. Look at France. All those illegal people—they let all those people—they let uh, come in from Muslim countries. Now they're burning it down. They—they don't—they've never liked living there. They don't like living under anybody's authority. They like to run things. So they're not going to let you're not going to live peacefully, coexist peacefully with some groups of people. The best thing to do is keep yourself distant from them. Amen. Most governments will limit the number of of immigrants they take from certain countries because of the natural conflict that comes that these people don't mix well with other individuals. Amen. And so you have to be wise about stuff like this, but there's no reason these people should be flooding into this country the way they're doing. Staying in hotels, you're going to find people, the, the Lord was showing me, he said, the devil's next move is you're going to start seeing American people getting evicted from their property and illegals moving in. Because there's nothing for the government to take your house and give somebody else a grant to go live there and give that house to them. There's nothing for that to happen. You mark my words, amen. I'm praying we don't get to see it, but it's coming. What's to stop it? Where to stop it? That's why you pray. Pray to stop this stuff. Don't sit up and say, well, you know, it ain't so bad. Them nice people. They just want a job. That's a lie. They're illegal. They're doing this, breaking the law.
1: What do they do to your relatives when they break the law? They come and arrest them. So Pharaoh's running stuff. Amen. So so
0: his plagues, the God is, is plaguing the land to show Pharaoh he's more powerful. Our God is more powerful, and he's showing every government on Pharaoh was the government. That was their federal government, amen, just like ours. And God shows every government who he is. They want to get too far out of pocket, he'll do it. So Pharaoh's pleading with them, verse 7 and 10, that Pharaoh's servants are pleading, said, don't you know this place is ruined? And Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, go serve the Lord your God.
1: But who did you say want to go with you? Like he hard of hearing. Everybody. We're not
0: nobody left behind. And Moses said, we're going to go with our young and our old, our sons, our daughters, our flocks, our herds. We taken everybody with us and we've got to go and sacrifice to the Lord. And he said, okay, well, let the Lord be with you as I will let you go and your little ones and look uh, in, 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 uh, uh, the, you know, if you take them kids with you, you know, don't, you got to be careful
1: leaving here. Because, you know, it's, it's hard out there. Evil is before you. Huh? Don't, you know, be careful taking your kids.
0: There's a lot of evil out there. Amen. Yeah, because he's causing it. Amen. And he says, verse 11, not so. Go now, uh ye that are men, and serve the Lord. For that you desire. And they were driven from the presence of Pharaoh. So Pharaoh keeps telling them, no, leave your kids here. You and the men go, see, taking the man out of the household so that he can have control over your children. Amen. All dictators want parents. They don't want any moral authority. They don't want any real authority over their children. This is how Hitler got control of Germany. Before he was done, before he got rose to power, he had indoctrinated all the young people and they started turning their parents in. Amen. They became spies. Same thing kids are doing now. These trans just working in this transgender thing where now if you go to court because you don't want a spouse to to take your kid and make them a boy and they say they're a girl or whatever. If you don't want to go for it, they take the kid from you. See, you're on the losing end already. If you speak up against this, you're already at a disadvantage. There so many families are split because of this. A kid wakes up, I'm a, I'm a girl, you know, or I'm a boy, whatever. You know, the average parents say, "No, you ain't. You go sit down somewhere. You're, you know, you are who you are. Don't even try that around here." Parents have gotten so indoctrinated, brainwashed, and weak. See, this is what happens. People are told you're wrong all the time. You can't do this. you can't do that. All of this uh 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 woke stuff you know, and you' got to agree with this, and you got oh, you can't say nothing against gay people. Why not? They get on my nerves sometimes. Straight people do too, but they ain't no exception. You understand what I'm saying, and so this is this is where the control starts. It starts with speech. Take your free speech away from you. Put you in jail for what you say. Amen. And so Pharaoh here wants to separate the the
1: adults from the children. What's he going to do with their kids? Absolutely. Make them work hard. Give them them to the, the freaks in the temple. Sex slaves in the temple.
0: Just everything. So it's no different now, folks. Look around you and understand what's going on. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the land. This dude ain't learned nothing yet. And then he brought an east wind in the land that day, and locusts came and covered up everything. Verse 16, Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste and said, I've sinned, I repent, pray for me, whatever, whatever. And they went out from Pharaoh, but the Lord hardened his heart again. After that, there was three days of darkness that fell over there. But there was light in Goshen. Amen. Goshen was not dark. Amen. And so, let me see in verse 24. Okay, in 21, the Lord said to Moses, Stretch your hand out toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. It's a spirit of darkness. It's a gross darkness. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They didn't see each other. Nobody got up from his place for three days, and where you sat, you stayed put, because the darkness was so heavy you couldn't move. And it says, And all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. And Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and herds stay. Let your little ones take your kids. Just leave your cattle. In other words, go there and starve. I don't want you to have anything. So Pharaoh begins to take away. You ever have, you see people working now. It used to be two jobs and people could live well for a while. Now it's two jobs barely making it. Now, it, And it's not even two jobs. And You're too tired to work two jobs. You got me? Uh, most people have, have burnt out from this freedom to earn as much money as they want to. After a while that just burns you out. And so Pharaoh begins to to eke out and meet out what he wants you to have. You're never free to this is your anti capitalist system. People who like socialism don't like capitalism. They'll like to promote it. They like to spend your money if you'll go out and make it, but they make it hard for you. To make money. See, what, what, what it's being done in, in many countries, this one included, is the middle class is shrinking. What they want is two classes, and that's what Pharaoh's got. He's got the very well-to-do that hang around his palace, and he's got the slaves, that just, and the slave masters, and that's it. So he wants two classes of people. He don't want people who could serve a god who can cause them to prosper. He hates that. So they don't want that for us. Amen. And Pharaoh said, uh, uh, let me see. Your cattle, verse 26, also, uh, no, Moses tells him, no, nope, we, we got to make sacrifice. So we taking the cattle with us. Amen. Uh, we're going to sacrifice to the Lord, our God. And verse 27, the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and wouldn't let him go. And Pharaoh said, get out of my face. Take heed to yourself, you not going to see my face no more. And that was the truth. It says, for in the day that you see my face, you shall die. Amen. And Moses said, you have spoken well, I will not see your face anymore. Amen. And the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to bring one more plague upon Pharaoh. And you know what that was. It was the death of the firstborn, where God got revenge on Pharaoh for killing all of his firstborn for so many years amen and so god god instituted the passover and the blood of protection that caused the death angel to pass over israel and they were able to endure that night they were able to endure that night in peace nobody came nobody went and after that god was able to destroy the Egyptians and they saw them no more and Israel was a free country and they made it out into the wilderness where they could worship God finally get to know what their God was like amen and this is what Pharaoh wants to do here folks don't don't fool yourself don't just oh it's not Pastor Bob, I don't know what kind of stuff she's just political No, life is political uh, don't put a label on stuff. This is by the spirit. If you don't see this is spirit, but you got to deal with political demons when you're a spiritual person. What do you think we pray against? What do you think these demons do? They run governments. They run cities. They run police forces. They run everything. So that's why you got to dethrone them, folks. Come on now, let's get this together and, and quit judging everything and trying to overthink stuff and you know just. Open your heart to hear God's word and see what God is speaking about what's going on in this day and age. Amen. Well, I do know. She keeps talking. About, I don't hear nobody else talking about it. What's well, the truth? I can't help what other
1: people talk about. And I can't help who you hang around. If these prayers work for your money, they work for everything else. Spend some time
0: praying. I mean, sincere prayers that are going to stop some stuff that's that's holding up big things. Amen. Some of Pharaoh's strategies he uses in our day and age, in our natural realm, longer hours, less pay, daycare for the children to split them up from the parents, and from daycare, it's school, from school, it's college, all indoctrinating them, To limited freedom, they can't pray in the schools, can't pray in a lot of places, the public square. See, this demon is relentless. It it keeps trying to gain more territory with taking prayer out of things and taking God out of things. Now you can burn the American flag. Amen. That's that. You you shouldn't want to do that. That is just stupid. Why would you? What what does that get you? You know what does that buy you? Amen. Doesn't buy anything. If you if you have freedom, you can do pretty much anything you want to do. That Paul said all things are lawful, but not everything is expedient. It don't make sense to do a lot of stuff, even though you're free to do it. So that kind of stuff is just you know just stupid. It's an, it's done to antagonize people who have died for that flag. You know some some people we know their sons and daughters. Went and fought in in some of these wars that didn't have much to do with us at all. And then they see some idiot out there smoking dope, burning flags, and they don't even work. You understand what I'm saying? Just a freeloader. And it's just nonsense. It's just done to provoke people. And so long hours, less pay. Work on Sundays. Not have a day where you can take off to be with God. You don't take Sunday, you don't get your Sunday off and go shop. You take your Sunday off to be with God. Give Him at least one day. Amen? And and limited access to God in the public domain. You know, they, you you do anything privately, but a public demonstration of your love for God is something God wants us to do on a continual basis. Amen? We're witnesses for Him. They work in the court system to keep families apart. Amen. So so that that there's very little chance of reconciliation. I remember when when before you would get a divorce, they would have you go in counsel with the judge and see if he could hold the family. The family was sacred. Now, I don't mean nothing to anybody. People don't even try to get married. They just you know do what they want to do. Nobody's telling them you not to. Amen. So, and it's easier now for single people to have, uh, children. You know, they give you maternity leave. It's mandated now. It used to be, you got maternity leave. Anybody remember me old, anybody old enough to remember that, uh, before you would get prenatal care, you had to have been married for at least three months. Your insurance company would not insure you. In a pregnancy, unless you were married. You remember Pastor Shirley? Yeah. Yeah. You Your insurance your didn't kick in unless you were married. Are you kidding me? You got a family policy? They had to make sure you were married. They weren't taking care of nobody else. That's coming out of the insurance. That's coming out of your paycheck. Now you got Family Leave Act. Everything's coming through Pharaoh. You see that? So you can get up and make it easier
1: for you to keep having babies out of wedlock. Amen? Family leave. You got me? Married families can get benefit of it, but it ain't for married people. I can tell you right now, they didn't make that for married people. Married people already had coverage. Just a thought. Amen? Sunday blue laws repealed. We
0: talked about that. Now anybody can do anything on Sunday, sell liquor on Sunday, stay open on Sunday, you know, run your business on Sunday, even if it's not, say like uh, corner stores, people like that. They like, it's a service more than anything else. You understand what I'm saying? Limited, open on Sunday. But now the big retail people are open 24-7. They don't care. Amen. Anything to take you away from worshiping God, make it harder for you to worship God. I can't. I can't go to. Everybody now they worried if they can have Sundays off, weekends off, so they can go to church. It's a sweat for a lot of people. You get fired. You got. They make you come. Amen. So it's 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 Pharaoh, honey. It's, it's this ain't just. Oh, you know, as things have
1: changed. No,
0: somebody changed them. Amen. He changed them. But he gonna change them back. It's going to let God's people go. Amen. God's people have to demand more. We have to know what what we're entitled to and stand for it more instead of being so passive about everything, shrugging it off, you know, and, and, and being less engaged in everything because we're afraid it won't make a difference. It makes a big difference. The greater one lives in you. Amen. All right. So we're going to pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. We bless you. and We praise you. Thank you, Father, for giving us authority over all the devil's works. And we thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus, which puts fright in devils, causes them to scatter. It causes them to tremble. They tremble at his name. And so we use the mighty name of Jesus against you, Pharaoh. We thank you, Lord, to raise up your people, cause them to want their freedom again. We command you, Pharaoh, let the people of God go so we may worship and serve the Lord. We bind you and your servants. We bind your powers of pride, compromise, False authority, witchcraft, false signs and wonders, oppression, bondage, man killing, abortion, deceit, fear, idolatry, child abuse, domestic violence, drug abuse, prostitution. We plague your land with pestilence and famine. We rain hail and fire on your spiritual wickedness. Our prayers are like boils in your flesh. We scatter your servants. We strip your chariots of their wheels. We strip you of your strength. We refuse to serve you any longer by the arm of flesh. We will only serve the living God by the Spirit. We speak only woe and weeping and sorrow for your sin. We say the Lord, He is God. He has already defeated you. He has taken the honor from you. We thank you, Lord, this prayer from your uh, book of Exodus 15. The Lord is our strength and our song. He has become myself. He is my God. He's my dwelling place. I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. Jesus is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and hosts have been cast into the sea, and his chosen captains also drowned. The waters have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power and has broken the enemy into pieces. In the greatness of your power, you have overthrown them to rise up against you. You sent forth your wrath, which consumed them as stubble with a blast of your nostrils. The waters were gathered together. They stood upright as a heap. The enemy said, I will Pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil, my lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw the sword, my hand will destroy them, but you blew them down with the wind, and the sea covered them, they sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto you, O Lord, among gods? Who is like unto you glorious in holiness, fearful in praises and doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed the enemy. You in your mercy has led forth the people you redeem. You have guided them in your strength unto a holy habitation. The People shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold on the wicked. The rulers of wickedness shall be amazed. They shall tremble and melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of our arm, they shall be as a, as still as a stone till your people pass over, O Lord, till your people pass over which you have purchased. You shall bring them into the mountain of their inheritance, into a place which you have made for them to dwell in in the sanctuary which your hands have established the Lord shall reign forever and ever and ever. And, Father, we declare the seed of the righteous, our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, nieces, nephews, all the ones in our bloodline, our seed of the righteous. They are delivered. They will not beg bread. They hate sin and the devil. They have your covenant established in their lives. They inherit all that we have in God and increase in your glory. They increase exceedingly. And of the kingdom there shall be no end. They possess the gate. Of those that hate them. They choose life that they may live. They fear and glorify you, Lord. They are blessed and fruitful, increase abundantly, multiply, and wax exceeding mighty. They inherit the earth, establish forever their mighty upon the earth. They shall be delivered, though hand joined in hand. We have the Holy Spirit poured out on them. They have the word of God continually in their mouths. And we declare that the latter of the latter house, the glory of the latter house, is greater than that of the former house. They'll taught of the Lord. Grace shall be their peace. They're trained in the ways of the Lord. When they're old, they won't depart. They are your inheritance, and they will be filled with wisdom and favor and stature with God and with man. And they will honor their father and their mother that it may be well with them and their days will be long on this earth in Jesus name. We pray the crimes against children. We bind you lust, hate and murder no male babysitters. We break spirits of stupor and folly over parents. We lose godly wisdom on these parents that they will forget about these transvestite storytellers in Jesus name. Put shame on them to even consider such a thing. Thank you Lord the hearts of the fathers will turn towards the sons and the sons. Toward the fathers, thank you for protection of the by the heavenly hosts. We break mind, occult, and drug culture powers. Jezebel, we cut your cords to children. We show you no pity if you weep for them. Let the word of God not depart from the children's mouths, that they would be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We break the power of witchcraft in schools, in the children, in the home. We take weapons out of the home um, and especially guns that are available to children that they would be put in safe places that children not have access to guns in Jesus' name. We bind strife and violence between between children, we bind peer pressure to commit murder. We pray for the fruit of self-control. We break the power of gangs and make them undesirable to children. We break the power of witchcraft that allows, allows kidnapping, rape, murder, terrorist, internet stalking, Jezebel. We bind your false family and fantasy spirits. Uh, as companions for lonely or rejected children. Thank you, Lord, to fill up their loneliness with your love. Make children wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will draw, draw children to Christian websites and safe places in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen again. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory in the highest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Pharaoh, we cast you down. You can't can't run our government any longer. You've been exposed. You've been arrested. You've been dethroned. You choked in the sea. Your chosen captains also drowned. So we just thank you, Lord, to gut The places and offices in our government where the Spirit is hiding, where he's plotting, where he's doing his evil against your people, against the family, and against the good people of this country. So, Lord, we thank you for delivering our country and letting the people go so that we may worship you and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. All right, we'll do our declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. I don't have, and you fill in the blank. It don't have me. Thank you, Lord. By your stripes, we are healed.
1: Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God.